From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. And we have with us one of USA Today's Women of the Year, Kimmy Siebens, who's a Seattle nurse working with uh, unhoused people and at Harborview Medical Center. Uh, tell us about your did, – did you know you were entered for this, first of all, or did this um, come by surprise to you? I definitely did not enter. I didn't know anything about it. And I actually thought it was a prank because I was homesick, ironically, with COVID. The first time I had caught it um, after years of working in the COVID ICU, I finally got it at home. Mm-hmm. And I was very sick. And I thought someone at work was trying to play like a practical joke on me when they called because they had mentioned that Melinda Gates had you know, won this. I thought you were um, having a fever and, dream, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I thought, okay, you guys, this is enough. You know, I'll talk to you later. But then I, uh, the person who called me looked more into it. And then when I met up with them, they explained it. And I was totally shocked. Um, when we did the photo shoot, I actually thought that I was just like one of a thousand nominations, which I was still incredibly honored to be. Um, but at the very end, after the photos were taken, I said, so do you know, like what this is or how many, like, what's the next step and do I need to do anything? And he said, no, Kimmy, you already won it. And it was a huge shock. It still is actually. Well, it's not a shock. If you read through, you know, there's an article about you and the Kitsap Sun. You read up on all of the amazing work that you do, not just as a nurse, but also as an advocate for the unhoused. And as you know, in our region, homelessness is uh, the crisis that nobody seems to be able to solve, no matter how much money the state and, and cities throw at it. So how did you, as a, as a trauma nurse, get involved with working with the unhoused? Oh, it, I've, my whole career, I've been working with people that are unhoused. And so I'm sort of in a special position where I can get to know these people one-to-one, like how we're talking right now. And you actually see the true faces of it and the true causes of it. And it's not one simple answer. Every single person has a need. And as a nurse, you know, we're trained how to help solve people's issues. You know, we're all specialized in our own ways. But for me, it seemed pretty obvious, even though it doesn't seem obvious to a lot of other people. But it seems obvious that homelessness is primarily like a housing issue. And researching more about that, it strengthened my um, feelings on it because I like to you know, do research on things and know what I'm talking about and see if I'm heading in the right direction. I guess the the main way I got into it was just becoming so passionate about these people's problems and realizing they don't have a voice and that there are ways to help them and that I know how to help them. But we need more people to get on board with that to really make a difference. Well, working at Harborview, you are meeting people after they've already fallen through the safety net. So have you figured out a way to prevent them from getting that far? Oh, yes. There's um, incredible, I like to say prophylactic, which is a big word that means preventative care. There's a lot of ways we can prevent these things from happening in our communities. And it starts from acknowledging that times change and things aren't like they used to be. Um, When you're looking into housing, you know, I go hand in hand with people going to assistance centers looking for housing. And it's astounding how expensive 
the the rent is it's more than my mortgage is um luckily i i have a, a home that that it's um you know a stable rent every month because i have a mortgage but housing is absolutely ridiculous also a lot of people that i work with they're initially homeless before they go into substance abuse which is a common misconception people think that all people fall into substance abuse and then become homeless but there's far more people in the world who have homes that are using substances right now, you know, that are that are housed. So that's not the the main reason why people become homeless. But when people are out there, it is hard to get back into housing if you're under the influence of something controlling your life and making it so you can't, um, you know, work um, or take care of yourself. And so another safety net that could have could have be provided, at least in my own community, it's very hard to get into treatment. It's not an easy um, path. You have to sometimes get like a prescription from the ER to go to a crisis center to get evaluated if you even need it. And if anyone's been through this with their family members, they know that it's a very delicate time when you need to get right into treatment and treatment that's more than 20 days. And then the biggest thing that I've, I've, I know could be helped is I'm very passionate about helping elders who are homeless and those people are simply homeless because they're old and they are on fixed incomes and they no longer can pay the rent. And these are the ones that I focus on first because I have to triage, you know, who's probably going to die first out here. And so those people I've proven for the last six years that they're incredibly able to be helped. And what it comes down to for me is, I've had to even go to court to get uh, judges on to say, yes, this person is elderly and needs to be placed in a home. But otherwise I say it's like the hunger games. And so all of these people are just sort of languishing on our streets and not getting the care that they, they could definitely get better with. Well, for those who happen upon you, uh, they are the lucky ones. It sounds like, how are you doing this in addition to, nursing? Do you work with an official group or organization or is this all your own idea? So um, yeah, I work full time in the trauma ICU, which is I uh, find not as stressful, uh, ironically, than working with people outside. When I go to work, I it's like I take a breath of air and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I know exactly what I have to do for the next 12 hours. And I have a team of people that if I need anything, they're right there. So I feel very supported at work. In regard to what I do, I just started a community group, which has become invaluable in helping um, spread the word and get more people involved. And then also doing fundraisers. I actually started a lot with um, picnics, community picnics. And I've been looking at some videos of that from prior to COVID. And I'm pretty amazed at what I was able to do with the community. And, you know, at one point, hundreds of, of people who lived outside were coming to these picnics and you couldn't tell you know, who was homeless or who was just there to help. So I think bringing the community together to solve our own problems, not just me and not just one entity, but a lot of us have to get on board with this and understand what we're dealing with and get over all of the misconceptions that are holding us back. Kimmy, are we, are we doing something wrong as a nation in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. I don't think we're putting enough into our people, our communities, and we are, rewarding, you know, high, big success. You know, there's, there's like 700 uh, millionaire billionaires just in our state alone. And then, you know, their wealth trickles down and a lot of even their um, 
employees are homeless too. Um, I'm not going to name names, but huge, as everyone knows, uh, organizations, especially in the Puget Sound region, have plenty of um, employees who live in their cars outside in the parking lot. Um, And so I don't think we're putting enough into our best part of our country, which is its people. And we're losing sight of, we're, we're very into getting things done and, you know, making the bottom dollar and becoming successful. But then, you know, who's helping the elderly people who did that for us? Um, who's helping the mentally ill people who, when they're in the hospital, they're treated as a patient, but then when they're outside, they're treated as something to, you know, make fun of or to call names. So I think that's what we're doing as an entire nation, for sure. You've definitely, uh, you know, not just in your advocacy for individuals and helping them find substance abuse programs or housing, um, you also find yourself at the sites of of protests and you're at sweeps. We just had three sweeps in the Seattle area just last week. Can you describe from your point of view? I I think a lot of people now this is getting long winded, this question, but, you know, we had a fire right next to a camp. We had a shooting next to it neighbors who live there go, I don't want this kind of violence and crime near my home. So they support the sweeps. But from your perspective, what's that like sweeping those individuals out of the area? Good question. Um, Definitely. I don't feel safe in those situations either. And I don't want any neighbors. I don't think they should feel that either. I'm definitely not for supporting dangerous activities. However, if communities and the federal government especially isn't willing to put in place uh, places for people to live, then where do they go? You know, people often think they could just move on to the next neighborhood. Well, that doesn't solve the problem. Then those poor neighbors have to deal with this. And it's a huge public health crisis. So if uh, jurisdictions don't want to provide, you know, hygiene stations or um, bathrooms or shelters in my county, there's, there's no... The, the, the shelter that was year-round due to COVID in Bremerton is shutting down May 1st and going to become just a weather shelter again or severe weather shelter. So where are the, they going to go? Where are they going to use the restroom? And so, and that's because, course, the, sorry to interrupt, but that's because the COVID federal funding is running out with the emergency declaration ending. Is that why the shelter's closing? Yes, 100%. Oh. Um, we advocates were not surprised that once a pandemic hit, we knew we would start getting help and we knew that people would get better, which I can't wait for studies to come out to show that, that when we help people, we're actually saving money. There's far less hospitalizations, which are incredibly expensive. It's mind blowing how much money medical care costs. And we're not spending money on the police going out and spending time doing things that they, you know, take away from doing other things that they're actually meant to be doing. And so, yes, once the funding was gone here, we're going to go back and it's going to get worse for a while and the camps aren't going anywhere. So studies also show it's well proven in scholarly research that when you break up a camp and um, I understand taking care of um, illegal activity for sure. But when you break up these camps, a lot of them that I go to are very well organized and they they become sicker and they lose a lot of their resources because now they're scattered and in survival, major survival mode again. Now, a lot of um, people prey on homeless people. So what you might think is a homeless person causing problems, I found many times it's people who are housed, for example, people who deal in um, selling drugs on the street 
or prostitution who come into the camps and wreak havoc. There's also very mentally ill people who need help and who who are getting none. And in the hospital, like I said, they would be getting top-notch, you know, psychiatric assistance with their help. Or if they had a family that's very rare, that's able to help them. But if we don't, you know, help people, we shouldn't complain about the aftermath of it. It's our fault too. So this is something that requires even more money than than is being spent now is what you're saying. Exactly. But in the grand scheme of things, it will save far more money than it will, than we will spend. You just have to have the initial investment into it, which um, people far more intelligent than me can show you um, how much money we could be saving because they're good with analytics and they keep track of these records of, you know, EMS calls and incarceration costs and hospitalization costs are the top three because pretty much anything you do being homeless could be considered a criminal act. Just the very act of sitting outside on the sidewalk is considered camping. Just think of all of the money we could save if we invest in our own resource, our best resource in the country, which is our people. How long are you going to do this? Because this has got to be draining work, doing this in addition to working in the trauma center at Harborview. Um, I feel like I've thought about that. And sometimes I'm like, how do I keep doing this? Um, Because sometimes it's very sad. um, But that kind of fuels me too. I feel like this, everyone in life has something that they can see that other people might not notice. Because of that, I know that good will come out of me doing this. I don't speak up for a lot of other causes. Actually, I'm a fairly shy person, um, except for when it comes to this issue. For some reason, I'm able to stand up and speak up for people because I care about them so much, I think. What's the number one thing you hear people say about homelessness and that you wish you could just remove from the American psyche? There's a few, but um, definitely one of them that bothers me is that people choose to be homeless because that's absolutely not true. And um, I've told people that tell me, well, I asked this guy and he said, oh, no, I like living out here and on the, you know, danger zone and And I tell people, you know, you really didn't get to know that guy, did you, when he told you that? And you don't realize how put down these people are and yelled at and screamed at and called names and thrown things at and victimized and beat up and harmed. And so I highly doubt that one passing comment they made is going to be their true feeling. But when you actually get to know the person and you can break through that and you can show that you actually care about them then the real person just like me and you comes out and you can learn, of course, they don't want to live that way. Mm, Yeah. Why would they think there's anywhere else for them in society with the way that we treat the homeless? That's very true. Thank you, Kimmy. Thank you. Kimmy Siebens, named Washington's Woman of the Year by USA Today. Congratulations and uh, good luck. Thank you. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.